Chapter 1. Introduction. The Need to Interpret. Every so often we meet someone who says with great feeling, you don't have to interpret the Bible, just read it and do what it says. Usually, such a remark reflects the layperson's protest against the professional scholar, pastor, teacher, or Sunday school teacher, who by interpreting seems to be taking the Bible away from the common person. It is their way of saying that the Bible is not an obscure book. After all, it is argued, anyone with half a brain can read it and understand it. The problem with too many preachers and teachers is that they dig around so much that they tend to muddy the waters. What was clear to us when we read it isn't so clear anymore. There is a lot of truth in this protest. We agree that Christians should learn to read, believe, and obey the Bible. And we especially agree that the Bible need not be an obscure book if read and studied properly. In fact, we are convinced that the single most serious problem people have with the Bible is not with the lack of understanding, but with the fact that they understand many things too well. For example, with such a text as, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, Philippians 2.14, the problem is not understanding it, but obeying it, putting it into practice. We are also agreed that the preacher or teacher is all too often prone to dig first and look later, and thereby at times to cover up the plain meaning of the text, which often lies on the surface. Let it be said at the outset, and repeated throughout, that the aim of good interpretation is not uniqueness. One is not trying to discover what no one else has ever seen before. Interpretation that aims at or thrives on uniqueness can usually be attributed to pride, an attempt to outclever the rest of the world, a false understanding of spirituality, wherein the Bible is full of deeply buried truths waiting to be mined by the spiritually sensitive person with special insight, or vested interests, the need to support a theological bias, especially in dealing with texts that seem to go against that bias. Unique interpretations are usually wrong. This is not to say that the correct understanding of a passage may not often seem unique to someone who hears it for the first time, but it is to say that uniqueness is not the aim of our task. The aim of good interpretation is simple, to get at the plain meaning of the text, the author's intended meaning, and the most important ingredient one brings to this task is an enlightened common sense. The test of good interpretation is that it makes good sense of what is written. Correct interpretation, therefore, brings relief to the mind as well as a prick or prod to the heart. But if the plain meaning is what interpretation is all about, then why interpret? Why not just read? Does not the plain meaning come simply from reading? In a sense, yes. But in a truer sense, such an argument is both naive and unrealistic because of two factors, the nature of the reader and the nature of Scripture. The Reader as an Interpreter The first reason one needs to learn how to interpret is that, whether one likes it or not, every reader is at the same time an interpreter. That is, most of us assume as we read that we also understand what we read. We also tend to think that our understanding is the same as the Holy Spirit's, or human author's intent. However, we invariably bring to the text all that we are, 
with all our experiences, culture, and prior understandings of words and ideas, sometimes what we bring to the text, unintentionally, to be sure, leads us astray, or else causes us to read all kinds of foreign ideas into the text. Thus, when a person in our culture hears the word cross, centuries of Christian art and symbolism cause most people automatically to think of a Roman cross, although there is little likelihood that that was the shape of Jesus' cross, which was probably shaped like a T. Most Protestants, and Catholics as well, when they read passages about the church at worship, automatically envision people sitting in a building with pews, much like their own. When Paul says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts, Romans 13.14 NKJV, most people in English-speaking cultures are apt to think that flesh means the body.